This is Democracy on the Move. Democracy on the Move is a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. This episode is being released on Sunday, July 9, 2023. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. In today's short podcast, I'll talk about the human side of artificial intelligence. We'll look at what we mean by the term intelligence and what effects the rapidly growing field of AI might have on our society. But first, I'd like to talk about a special project called The Red Album, Pagan Voices for Reproductive Rights. The Red Album is a compilation of music to raise money to support abortion access and reproductive human rights organizations. Each artist associated with this album gave an original piece for this multifaceted, strong, and poignant emotional call to action. The Red Album was released on the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, June 24, 2023. You can find more information at www.redalbum.org. The topic of artificial intelligence, or AI, has intrigued and fascinated and at times troubled humanity for decades. While AI's influence affects virtually every aspect of our society, our understanding of this rapidly growing technology often lacks depth and nuance. Now, one common point of contention is the comparison we draw between AI and human intelligence. This comparison, while I find intriguing, can lead to misunderstandings and fears if not put into perspective. So I'm going to jump into this controversy by putting a personal spin on the differences and similarities between human intelligence and artificial intelligence, and then I'll highlight how the two can coexist and produce a tremendous benefit for humans. Yes, we do need to be careful, and I'll touch on that concept as well. So to begin with, I'm going to take an evolutionary approach to human intelligence. I'm a creationist in the sense that the universe is a sort of intelligence itself, and as such, it put into motion a process that took billions of years to bring us to where we humans are today. So using that as a jump-off point, I'll say that human intelligence has been shaped by millions of years of evolutionary pressure. We are, fundamentally, biological machines. Our physical actions and intellectual processes are powered by microscopic chemical reactions, influenced by the orderly arrangement of complex proteins dictated by the blueprint embedded in our DNA. Human intelligence, in this context, is a survival tool that evolved over the eons to help us survive in an unforgiving jungle. Take fear, for example, an integral part of our survival toolkit. Now, it's an instinctive response deeply ingrained in our brains designed to keep us safe from imminent danger. When our ancient ancestors encountered a large predator, for example, fear triggered that fight-or-flight response. Now, this immediate instinctive reaction saved their lives. But in our modern complex society, this fear response is often unnecessary and misguided. An exaggerated fear response can lead to irrational behaviors such as xenophobia, panic attacks, or technophobia, which is the fear of technology, or any of a large number of phobias that are out there. On the bright side, consider the fundamental human tendency to learn and adapt. In the jungle, our ancestors had to understand patterns, the changing of the seasons, the behavior of prey, and the presence of predators. This is not just human behavior. We see it in all higher-functioning animals. 
in terms of discerning patterns, animal intelligence is not too different from our own. But humans have perfected it to a much higher level than the animal kingdom. We specialize in finding patterns and correlations, even when they're not so obvious. Now, this unique attribute has led to astonishing advancements in science, technology, art. But the problem is that this intelligence can often go into overdrive, where it leads to superstitious beliefs, confirmation bias, conspiracy theories. Also, consider that our intelligence is social. We've learned to work together to build communities because we've learned it's almost impossible to survive alone in the jungle. Now, to work together, we've built emotions of empathy and compassion. This cooperative nature is one of the most important aspects of our survival. It promotes trust, fosters mutual aid, and leads to collective problem solving, which helps us survive. However, this same instinct can fuel tribalism, promoting an us-versus-them mentality and creating divisions within the larger human community. Our intelligence has been shaped by a large variety of influences and pressures, leading to a cognitive framework that is multifaceted, adaptive, and not without its flaws. This form of intelligence is the product of our long history. It can be remarkably effective and yet profoundly biased, capable of inspiring great achievements and, at the same time, producing destructive behaviors. I believe that understanding this complex backdrop is crucial when we seek to compare our intelligence with that of AI systems. Now, artificial intelligence, AI, represents a drastically different form of intelligence. Unlike human intelligence, AI is not the product of biological evolution. Instead, it is the result of deliberate design and engineering. AI is defined by algorithms, driven by data, and enabled by computational power. It doesn't have an inherent will to survive or any emotional instincts. It doesn't have biological needs or fears or desires. To understand AI's nature better, consider this example. Suppose we have an AI that is designed to play chess. This AI doesn't desire to win at chess the way a human might. It doesn't experience joy when it wins or disappointment when it loses. Instead, it's programmed to assess the game's state, calculate possible moves and their consequences, and choose the one that maximizes its chances of winning. Winning or losing doesn't affect its emotional state because it doesn't have an emotional state. Its goal isn't fueled by a desire for victory. Another example is AI in healthcare. AI algorithms can assist doctors by analyzing medical images to detect early signs of diseases like cancer. Now, these AI systems don't possess empathy or a sense of purpose in saving lives. They operate by identifying patterns in the data that they've been trained upon and apply those patterns to new data. They don't understand the concept of disease or the importance of early detection. They are tools capable of performing specific tasks with remarkable precision and efficiency better than humans but without consciousness or emotion. And then there's a concept of large language models like ChatGPT. But these AIs don't understand the content they're generating. They identify patterns in the massive amounts of text data that they've been trained upon and use these patterns to generate new text based on the input that they receive. They don't comprehend meaning or context in the way humans do. They don't feel joy in writing a beautiful sentence or frustration in tackling a challenging concept. What I'm trying to show in these examples is that AI doesn't possess human-like consciousness or emotions or intentions. It doesn't operate based on biological instincts or evolutionary pressures. 
Its behavior is dictated by algorithms, and its goals are defined by its programmers. And I think people miss this point when dealing with AI. Its intelligence, in many respects, is better than human intelligence, but it is not human, and it doesn't share the same evolutionary motivations. But humans nevertheless fear AI because it is often misunderstood. To see how the misunderstanding of AI's nature can manifest itself in the real world, have a look at the position of U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, as outlined in a press release from his office about a month ago on June 7, 2023. Senator Hawley highlighted five principles to guide future American artificial intelligence legislation with the expressed intent to protect American privacy and manage the fast-paced advancement of AI technology. Now, let me say right now that I disagree with Senator Hawley across the board on just about everything. I go so far as to call him a seditionist for his activities on January 6. But nevertheless, I happen to understand and, to a degree, agree with him on some of his concerns. As they say, a broken clock is right twice a day, so this is one of those broken clock scenarios. So back to the topic of AI. While some of the principles raised by Senator Hawley, such as protecting personal data and enforcing age limits on AI use, they highlight legitimate concerns, the overarching tone of the press release paints AI as a potential threat. Now, this unfortunately reinforces a common misperception that AI as a form of intelligence could potentially turn against us or undermine our societal structures purely based on its own volition or survival instincts. This perception, driven by misunderstanding and fear, overlooks the fundamental nature of AI as a tool and a product of human design and control. However, a point worth noting is that concerns raised about AI are not entirely unfounded. AI, like any tool, can indeed be misused. In the hands of those with nefarious intent, AI can be a potential weapon. It could be used to spread disinformation, breach privacy, or even launch cyber attacks. The risks are real, but they originate from human actors, not AI itself. And this crucial distinction is often missed in the broader discussion around AI and its potential threats. For example, in Senator Hawley's proposed principle about blocking technology to and from China, the concern isn't about the AI technology itself becoming hostile. The issue is human misuse of the technology, either by rival nations leveraging AI for espionage or by corporations exploiting personal data for profit. The focus, therefore, should be on developing robust laws, regulations, and international norms that prevent the misuse of AI, rather than stoking fears about AI's inherent nature. Also, Senator Hawley proposed the principle of creating a so-called private right of action for harm inflicted by AI models. This further underscores the misunderstanding about AI's autonomous agency. Any harm inflicted by AI is ultimately a reflection of its design, programming, or the data that it was trained on. These are all human-controlled factors. So while the principle itself is necessary to ensure accountability, it should be understood in the context of human responsibility, not as a measure against rogue AI. This kind of fear-driven discourse around AI is understandable but often counterproductive. It can lead to reactionary measures that may hinder AI's beneficial applications rather than fostering a climate that encourages responsible development and use of AI. I believe it's critical to dispel these misconceptions, confront our fears with knowledge and understanding, and appreciate AI for what it truly is, a powerful tool created and controlled by humans. And hey, one fundamental truth is that AI is here to stay. 
the genie is out of the bottle, and it's not going to go back in. It got out of the bottle 50-plus years ago. The advancement of AI is a natural consequence of human innovation and curiosity. Trying to halt human innovation and curiosity would be as futile as trying to stop the tide from coming in. Instead of resisting it, we need to understand it, embrace it, and learn how to use it responsibly. So how do we prepare for an AI-driven future? Well, the answer, I believe, lies not in fear, but in education and understanding. By arming ourselves with knowledge about AI and its potential applications and limitations, we can dispel misconceptions and ensure that AI is used responsibly and ethically. AI's principal goal is to improve efficiency, enhance productivity, and solve complex problems. It's not motivated by a desire to overthrow humans or claim dominance. It doesn't have a survival instinct or a social structure. It simply does what it's programmed to do. AI is a tool that we've created to help us navigate the complex challenges of our times. It's not our adversary, but our ally. It doesn't seek to replace us, but to assist us. It's not a threat to our existence, but a testament to our ingenuity and creativity. The bottom line is that we stand at the cusp of a new era, where AI will play an increasingly central role in our lives. Instead of viewing this shift with trepidation, we should see it as an opportunity for growth and innovation. We need to move away from comparing AI to human intelligence and instead appreciate it for what it is, a product of our collective innovation, a tool designed to make our lives better. The future of AI is not just about technological advancement. It's also about fostering a greater understanding of this technology and promoting responsible and ethical use. It's about ensuring that AI serves humanity. Yes, we must remain on guard about nefarious humans who want to misuse AI for their own selfish and destructive behavior. But overall, AI has the potential of vastly improving our lives. We're on a journey, a journey toward a future where AI and humans coexist and collaborate effectively. This requires a shift in perspective. It demands that we move beyond fear and misunderstanding and embrace a more nuanced and comprehensive understanding of AI. I believe that by doing so, we not only stand to benefit from AI's immense potential, but also ensure a future where technology and humanity work in harmony for the benefit of all. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And whether or not you agree with my concerns, I hope I was able to make you think, hey, I don't want agreement. I simply want to inspire your ability to think and then act upon your beliefs. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions, or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org slash contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. Theme music, Murky Waters, performed by El Rey Music, used under license from Shutterstock. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead. We hope you'll tune in again next week. <laughs>